One, two, three, four. How's that sound, Daryl? Okay. I'm just about to overcome my fear of these things, by the way. First time Chris ever wired me up, I was down there. I was going to do the communion prayer. So when they were singing, I was mouthing the words. I was afraid I'd accidentally turn it on, and, you know, I'd look around, and everybody would be gone because I'd have run everybody off with my voice. Uh, we're studying a series on, on heaven and hell. We're starting with hell, it being uh, one that's ra- rarely talked about. It, it probably is not real conducive to 20-minute sermons, and etc. More conducive to this type atmosphere. But... Uh, we're all going to one place or the other. And it, it, it's a terrible thought to me that there are people that have no idea that they are going to hell. And they open their eyes there. And then they re- have that horrific realization, there's no do-overs. There's no second chances. Uh, to me, and not... To mention the, the myriad of other things that are horrific about hell itself. But most things, you know, you get a second chance. If you flunk an exam, you, you get a second chance. If you do this, you get... That's it. And there is no second chance. And, and that realization, to me, I find just horrific. Uh, ultimately, though, we all go to one of the other places... So what we've done, we've started with just kind of a general overview because it was Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I didn't know how many people would be here. Then we went to Satan himself. Why is there a hell? Satan was cre- uh, hell was created for Satan and his angels because Satan began as Lucifer, Daystar. Uh, the most beautiful he was a created being you don't have God as a superpower on this side and Satan as a superpower on this side no no Satan is a created being he's down here but he was created so beautifully that pride got the better of him he actually revolted as as, as difficult as it is to believe he, re- he led a revolt against God to try to displace God. He wanted God's place in heaven. He wanted the north side. That's God's side. Uh, so tonight, having uh, Satan having been ejected now because of his revolt, he's been ejected from heaven. doesn't take him long to come down to earth and try to disrupt the beautiful plan of God. So we're going to study Genesis 3 tonight, okay? Something you've studied since you were a, a, or read since you were a child, but we're going to take it from a dip, bit of a different standpoint tonight. I don't know if we can get through all of it or not because I, I'm interested in the strategy, okay? I'm going to run through several verses here, down to verse 7, and just read those, but it's all important. Uh it's not Eve's fault that she took a bite of the apple, if you will. You know, that's, that's the, the, the same, the, the, what we always see on TV. Or, there are things made, sometimes they make light of this. It's not making light of it at all. But every bit of this is important. So Genesis 3, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he had said unto the woman, Yea... Hath God said, 
Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That's important. That sentence is important. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. That's important. God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. Oh, really? Did he say that? He didn't say that. Lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit, that the uh, tree was good for food, how did she know it was good for fruit? She didn't. She'd never tasted it before. That it was pleasant to the eyes... And a tree to be desired, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. She took the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, I don't care how tough you are, fig leaves against naked skin doesn't sound good to me. That sounds like a very uncomfortable covering, and it was a very ineffective covering. But I'm interested in the strategy of Satan. First of all, he's very deliberate about his temptation. He's attacking the weaker link in the chain. Why is Eve the weaker link in the chain? Because she was not the one that God spoke to. God spoke to Adam in Genesis 2, 16... Of every tree in the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now much is lost in translation. But notice how Satan starts. God said you've got all the fruit, any tree in the garden. Okay? Eat of anything you want to except this one tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Where does Satan start? What you can't eat of. That's his first strategy. And he's not the kind of snake we think of at this point. This is a precursed serpent, okay? But the intriguing thing is that... uh, uh, He starts, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? God's not really being honest with you, Eve. God said, You can eat of all the trees. Satan focuses on the negative. The serpent identifies with Satan. In other places. Not here, but in other places he is. And it's kind of intriguing that Moses in Numbers, when the, when the serpents went through the camp and, and bit people, lifts up a snake on a, on a pole for the people to look on to be healed. Well, what that is, that pole, there was a brass snake. Uh, it was the personification of sin and rebellion. And when that was, that was Jesus being lifted up on a cross, people looked on the pole, and Jesus became the curse 
Brass stands for judgment. Okay, Jesus became the curse. Uh, so that's that goes back to to that. That goes all the way to Numbers, but. Even before his fall, Satan was an angel of the highest rank. What's his strength? Cunning, deception. And don't ever underestimate his deception. Uh, I, I fear that in the nominal church we kind of come, we put on our nice clothes and we walk in and we were kind of half asleep. And Satan's not half asleep and he's not afraid to walk into any church. As I said, he was right there at the Last Supper. Uh, Took the position over Christ, by the way. Took the position on the left. That was the honored position. When everybody was arguing about who would be the greatest in the kingdom. So he took, he deceived Eve. Well, why Eve? Well, Eve was not all that well informed. She got her information from Adam, who obviously did not do a very good job of telling what God had told him. You notice she doesn't even know the name of the tree. In verse 3, she says, the tree in the middle of the garden, in the midst of the garden. She doesn't say the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So she's got her information secondhand. This is Adam's fault. Okay? Now, I don't know where Adam is. Eve's got some culpability, too. But part of her problem, part of the problem that Eve has is she standing close to the tree? I don't know where Adam is right now, but if he's standing there, he's not supporting his wife. I know that. That's first Eve's first mistake, is that she's too close to the tree, and she's observing the fruit. The next mistake she makes is she starts to engage in conversation with, with uh, Satan. Don't engage in conversation. Don't entertain the temptation. That was the second mistake she made. So, note the strategy. Satan's going after. If you're going to attack a link in the chain, you attack the weak link, not the strong one. Eve is the weaker link, not because she's weaker morally or spiritually, but because she's less informed. Next, what does God go for, or Satan go for? He goes against the Word of God. Verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. He attacks the Word. Think back to when you were a kid. What's the first thing that you start hearing to undermine your faith in God is an attack on the Word, be it television, movies, or whatever. There's always an attack on the absolute infallibility of the Word of God every time. And Satan goes right for the Word of God. He shall not surely die. God's playing keep away with the truth here, Eve. Don't trust him, trust me. So he's undermining, this is, this is a common strategy that he uses to undermine people's uh, ability 
to, uh, to resist sin. What she should have done, she should have said, the Lord rebuke you. How did Jesus answer? You know, Eve is not well informed, but how did Jesus answer these temptations? It is written. It is written. It is written. Okay? That's how he answered the temptations. So Adam didn't do a very good job of relating what God had said. Eve was not well informed. And then Adam and, and then Satan goes to a direct attack on the word. So here's the strategy. First, Eve came too close to the uh, tree. You know, Satan goes about like a roaring lion. Lion doesn't get too far from its den. The tree not uh, the, the the trick to not to being uh, eaten by a lion is stay away from its den. Now the female may run you down and, and, and maim you and bring you to the male. But the male is not going to wander too far from his den. But if you get close, oh yeah, he will. But see how Satan lays the groundwork. He lures, Eve is there. He lures her into a conversation. She's entertaining the, the thought of it, okay? She's walking past the bar or she's walking, wh- whatever temptation it might be, she shouldn't be. If somebody's probably had a problem with alcohol, stay away from the beer joint. Don't go in there to play pool. Play pool someplace they don't serve alcohol. Don't, don't go in and engage the conversation with Satan. So he draws her in, and then he puts the seeds of doubt about the Word of God. What he's saying is, there's no consequences to sin. You can drink this, you can smoke that, there are no cons- inject this, there are no consequences. It's not going to hurt you. No consequences to sin. You can't trust what God says. I just don't want you to have a good time. That's what it is. He's not telling you the truth. All of this shows Eve's complete lack of understanding, and that's Adam's fault. But that's when Satan moves into to the kill. Ye shall not surely die. No consequence to sin. Now, here comes the open rebellion. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. There's open rebellion. That's the same thing that Satan did. He wanted to be, he wanted to be in God's place. Okay? And when the woman saw that the tree... There it is now. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Here it is. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she wants to be as wise as God. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, Adam is eating knowingly. He was not deceived. The Bible says Eve was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. Um, Any lie contains an element of truth. Their eyes were opened. 
but not in a good way. Oh, their eyes were open to the fact. And, and some of the commentators say that they, were even, they, they may have been clothed in light, very much like Jesus was uh, when he was uh, uh, transfigured. He was clothed in light. There's some scriptures that talk about being clothed in light. They may have been clothed in light, but when they ate of the fruit that they were forbidden to eat of, that light went away. And they were exposed, and they tried uh, uh, pathetically to cover their own nakedness. It didn't work out too well. So both Adam and Eve disobeyed God, but in their own way. Jesus was tempted in the same way, but he, as I said, it is written, it is written, it is written. You have the same... Satan's modus operandi does not change much. That's why the strategy here is rather important. Because he's not going to change until he starts to uh, fail, and he hasn't failed yet. It's, It's still working against mankind, sadly. Adam's sin was worse. Adam's sin was open rebellion. Adam's sin is what resulted in the death of mankind, if you will. Let me see if I can find this. Romans 5.12, maybe I can. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world... And death by sin, so death passed unto all men, for that all has sinned. So it wasn't Eve's problem, it was Adam's problem. First he didn't communicate well, and then he knowingly disobeyed God. This is open rebellion. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it wasn't, what it was was showing that this is something that you cannot have. You are under God. You're to be obedient to God, and this is deliberate disobedience. The eyes of both of them were open. They knew where they were naked, so yes, their eyes were open, but they were not like God as as Satan had uh, deceived Eve into believing They were open to the fact that they were naked. So with sin came shame. And the futile attempt of man, it's like works. Well, if I do enough good things, if I do enough good things, I think Chris referred to it this morning. You know, it's like there's a balancing here. Okay, if I do more good things than I do bad things, I got a chance of going to heaven. No. No, not the way it works. If you accept Jesus Christ and his grace, you will go to heaven. But not because your works out, good works outweigh your bad deeds. That kind of balancing. And sadly, Christians still believe that. Just as he mentioned this morning. Uh, Christians still believe that, well, if I sure hope I've done more good things in life than I did bad things, maybe I've got a chance of getting into heaven. If you accepted Jesus Christ 
Friend, you're going to heaven. There's no doubt about it. Stop worrying. Be at peace when you cross the Jordan. Uh, it's not, you don't earn your salvation. So this relationship that had existed, God's walking in the, in the, in the cool of the day. That's probably in the late afternoon uh, Hebrew time. And it's not God himself, God the Father. Nobody's seen God the Father, but it's probably Jesus. But he was in a very conversational tone. Very conversational relationship with Adam and Eve. That was the, that was the relationship that they had. And this serpent, precursed serpent, was not ugly. It was a beautiful creature. Okay? Uh... But God figures out, Jesus figures out, that they've committed sin. It's what you call an inadvertent admission. You know, he, uh, uh, Adam, Adam tries to explain this. What is it? Uh, 3 and 10. You get back to Adam. Uh, getting back to uh, Genesis here. I have to use this Bible. My little Bashan got a hold of my other one. Genesis uh, 3 is, uh, is uh, torn out of the, the previous Bible that I've got. 10 and 12. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and, when I, was, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now there's an admission for you. And Jesus said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree where I commanded thee not that you should not eat? Now, here's a guy that's really a stand-up guy. And the man said, the, how did David respond to Nathan? I have sinned. That's the response to sin. But listen to what Adam does. And the man said, the woman thou gavest to me, uh, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. So, yeah, God, is her fault. Actually, really, it was more your fault because you gave me her so don't blame me. No, that won't fly. That argument won't fly. And then the woman admits, but Eve does this. She's at least honest about what she did in verse 13. The Lord God said to the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent did beguile me, and I did eat. She was deceived. And the Lord God said unto the servant, Because you've done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. Now that eating dust is defeat. So he doesn't try to teach the serpent, and there wouldn't be point in teaching the serpent a lesson. He's he slithers away, probably to the horror, because Adam and Eve had seen this beautiful creature that now is a repugnant being. You remember in grade school, you know, saying, God, it's just a little garden snake. Get it away from me. I don't care what kind of snake it is. It's, it's repugnant to most people. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy... There's the philosophy. That's the first 
prophecy right there. I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. Her seed? Her seed? I took biology 101. I thought the man had the seed. I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. Jesus was not the product of a man. Jesus was the product of Mary and the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's framed that way. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the first prophecy of the cross. Satan does what he can to destroy Jesus, but Jesus breaks Satan's head at the cross. Satan doesn't know it's going to happen until it's too late. He doesn't figure out the strategy. The angels in heaven do not know the grand strategy until it's too late. And then Satan figures out that he has fallen into the trap. And by his very attempt to murder God, to murder Jesus, he has fulfilled God's plan for redemption. Probably all of this is a plan for redemption. Rather than having uh, a perfect couple in a perfect setting, that's probably not it. It probably is all God's plan that man ultimately would fall. If man took the fruit, gave it to the woman, she could say, well, now he's the head, and she'd have a legitimate excuse. That'd be a legitimate defense. He's the head. He's, I, you know, I'm just doing what he did. But when the woman took the fruit and gave it to the man, he didn't have any defense. But note the strategy. Don't get close to sin. Don't get close to Satan. Don't engage in the conversation. Don't ever doubt the word of God because Satan will find a way to twist it, you've got to know the word. That's your defense. You've got to know the word. It's got to be inside you. It's got to be in your bones. That's your best defense because if there's a way to put a different spin on it, Satan will find it. Satan's been doing this for 3,000 plus years. He's been, he was started out good at it, and he's done nothing but get better. So I think we'll stop here for the evening. And we, I, I didn't think at all we could get through. We'll get, we'll get to the, the curses later uh, next week. And then after that, we will go to, uh, I want to get to uh, the rich man and Lazarus. That's an intriguing story. Rich man lands in hell, but he doesn't do anything what we would call wrong. So, But that will be the week after next. Next week we'll finish up Genesis 3. Uh, if you are in any way subject to the invitation... Uh, we would ask that you come forward. Uh, those that did not have the opportunity to partake of uh, uh, communion this morning, uh, that will be in room 100. Uh, and uh, we got one more closing song, and then Matt Griffin will, uh, will uh, dismiss us.